Hello, hello. Just wanted to preface this episode with Adam Fawcett, who is awesome. Uh, I just wanted to let you know about a few things regarding this episode. First of all, the audio is deeply imperfect, and that is putting it lightly. Why is the audio deeply imperfect? We used a different service than I've ever used before, one that I've only lightly experimented with previously. The reason I use that is because Adam didn't have a computer, so my choices were not talk to Adam Fawcett. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to talk to him. So I tried a few things out. Us on our phones using a service via the phone. And as you would expect, the audio is not great. The good thing is you can hear him great. You can't hear me very good, but that's probably for the best. So if you want two sides or one side of the conversation, that's the one to have. So that worked out well. It can be pretty wonky. I have no control over that. So the choices are release it or don't release it. I'm going to release it. And I think it's worth your time. Again, it's deeply imperfect. I've tried to tweak what little things that I could. But otherwise, uh, I just want to let you know, instead of you just kind of walking into an audio buzzsaw and not really knowing what to expect, but Adam's awesome. I truly cannot recommend his music enough to you. It's so good. He's an incredible writer, and his voice is, he's a powerhouse. He really is. So please, by all means, listen to his music, even if you can't tolerate the imperfect quality of this episode. Uh, So at least one good takeaway, but ideally you can listen to the episode too. Because he's a really smart guy and he has a lot of insight. And I highly recommend checking that out. That's all I got. Thank you and uh, enjoy the episode. I hope you can. Thanks. Bye. Sorry, forgot something. One thing. Also, the episode in classic everything that can go wrong will go wrong. It just ends the episode. So in keeping with that, last bit of plugs to, I guess, start the show. But buy the music wherever you can adamvossett.bandcamp.com for example or anywhere else go see him live where you can these tours all over the place i've seen him many times and i cannot recommend that enough from personal experience otherwise follow him on instagram at instagram.com slash blind go to facebook at facebook.com slash adam.fawcett but otherwise go check him out live he's fantastic stay safe bye mana 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 this is social discasting. Welcome to Social Discasting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I'm Brandon, aka Brandon. Hope you're well. My guest is an Arkansas singer-songwriter whose mu- music has been described as quote Southern Soul Swamp Opera, which <laughs> is a very beautiful combination of words. And the AV Club said quote His voice knocks your brain to the back of your skull. He's released five solo albums to date, the latest of which, It Took the Shape of a Bird, was named a Pop Matters' Top 20 Americana Albums of 2018. Please welcome Adam Fawcett. Welcome. Hello. Hey. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. The, uh, I don't know where to begin with something like this anytime, so I guess I figure as good as any time to, or any way to start is to ask the deeply unfair question amidst everything going on uh of how are you so how are you man so far so good to be honest with you i mean like now that uh kind of working yeah you know, it's not like it was a year ago that's for sure how long was it you know i know that yeah you're doing a good amount of shows around pretty much the south in oklahoma i know mm-hmm. Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, like mentioned. But uh, how long did you go without performing live? 
Well, it's kind of a funny thing. Uh, in the uh, spring of 2019, I uh, broke my throat. I broke my uh, voice box and ended up having to have surgery in September. So I was out for nine months with that. And then uh, I was uh, gearing up to go on tour. I played here in Little Rock on March 13th, 2020, getting back on my feet on tour. And on March 14th, everything closed down. I canceled three tours in uh, probably about the span of a month. But the first tour got canceled that weekend that we were about, about to go on. Point being is it was... Uh, It was two years. It was two years without, I mean, I, outdoor stuff, pandemic, or during the unvaccinated. Um, but as far as like actual road work and actually making any money or anything like that, it, it was about two years for me. I mean, I had, I had, I had the pandemic that butted up against the vocal injury that had to have surgery attention, surgical attention. So I had a double whammy as far as work goes. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, it, I mean, singularly, uh, third surgery, all that entails and it being what you do as a singer songwriter in general, let alone a pan, I mean, individually, a pandemic and that are incredibly intense experiences, let alone ostensibly on top of each other. And you get one show back to be like, hey, I'm back. And then all hell breaks loose the next day. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly, exactly what happened. happened. <laughs> How's it been getting back to regular shows now? Oh, that's great. I, I went on tour with Weed Eater uh, in August. And, you know, I was kind of, be that it was my first uh, true tour in two years. It's me on a guitar opening up for Weed Eater, which is like a loud uh, sludge outfit <clears throat> and I didn't know if how it was going to go over but it went over really well so I kind of came home from that recharged and ready to go when you're on stage like considering we're not even post-pandemic I guess inter-pandemic still and TBD whenever we consider that to no longer be the case but you know outside of like the certain venues requiring proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test or like some places maybe being have seating that's spaced out that obviously would not necessarily been the case pre-pandemic but when you're on stage is there a is there a different energy about the shows right now or is it is it just pretty much the same you know that's uh, that's hard so far I was I can't really tell much of a difference, really. I mean, I feel like everybody's like, like 
most people, people that even care about going to shows are not tied around on tip about the vaccine. Um, so we're for the most part uh, the energy is different. I mean, I, I, I won't of the, I didn't know how to feel because it was a big view, venue full of people not masked social distancing no vaccine requirement like gonna be a bad deal or somebody gonna end up with COVID on this tour. nobody did thank god um so yeah after about 18 months of sitting at the house you know like Fuck it. Give me COVID. I'm going back to work. I don't know what to tell you. I can't wait to get the boost. <laughs> you know, give me the booster shot. I'll take every shot you got. Uh, you know, like my, my drummer works in the ICU, which is basically the COVID unit. And so I get the real time, you know, especially Central Arkansas news for that. And, you know, vaccines work. So if everybody just does that, we probably don't have much to worry about, really, as far as people losing their lives for the most part. So. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't have to be like this. <laughs> doesn't it? It doesn't at all. But you know, there's it's. I don't know, man. I'm so tired of the rhetoric, and you know, that's. I got nothing good to say about the other side. To be honest with you, so I just won't say anything. That's fair. But, but uh, yeah, the the energy seems about the same to me it seems people that are into art and performances and music and so those people are sensible people and listen to dance go out and take <laughs> yeah. yeah they're uh, I mean, I'm they're sure intentional lining in, in the room yeah. but you know what yeah, right. Like, I feel like the majority <laughs> of the people in the room, you know, we've done our due diligence. Like, what else can we do? Like, I'm not going to sit in my house anymore. About every Tom, Dick, and Joe Buck. That, you know. Well, I, I know what you mean, because like, at this point, sorry, our, our connection is a little off, so I'm sorry if I'm overlapping too much with you. Um, I'm not trying to interrupt, I promise. No, you're uh, cool, man. But to your point, like, well, hey, I, I never thought about the fact of like, oh man, that's a win for being in the arts right now, is that those are the the people that usually have m- certainly more than other certain industries, mm-hmm. like a thoughtfulness, empathy that really lends itself to doing right by people in a pandemic, and taking the necessary precautions to allow you to as safely as one can, in such a inherently unsafe time to 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 do what you do safely and mitigate any sort of you know mini outbreak on at one of your shows at this point sure i mean you know and there is that one does have to think of themselves like as their performer or as you know part of the scientific 
through the door, you know. Yeah. You don't want to be the uh, facilitator to us. But also, it's kind of like, you know, it's been two years, like, you know what you're walking into, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You have options to protect yourself, and you also have options not to show up. So, you know, I'm kind of like, you know what, buyer be warned, because, you, you know, if I get sick, I won't be able to work at all, you know what I'm saying? If I get a cold, I don't get to work, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not a new concept. It uses their vocals professionally, like all the time. What well before COVID, people and I can tell there's stuff here, whatever. I'm like, Are you sick right now? I'm like, like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just a little head cold. Well, well fuck you, man. Like, if I get a fucking head cold, I can't fucking sing. If I can't fucking sing, I can't fucking work. And that's what people don't fucking understand, and it pisses pisses me off to the hilt. So, actually, not a new concept for anybody in my line of work. We've always had hand sanitizer in our pockets. You know what I'm saying? We're always very yeah. uh, one that sounds congested. You know, and then the the thing that pisses me off the most is when somebody's like, "Oh, don't worry, it's allergies." It's like, "Well, you're a fucking doctor now, okay? Cool. Well, you know what? If I catch your allergies." Um, for yeah, God like knows how long. I like the idea that, to your point, they're like, "No, it's not the flu. It's flu-like symptoms." You're like, "Oh, right. okay. That 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 pacifies me. I feel better now that a stranger who might be the dumbest person on the planet, for all I know, only has flu-like symptoms." Oh, okay. Good to know. Carry on. Right. Yes. But damn, what it's called? It's the symptoms that bother me. You know what I'm saying? It's the <laughs> symptoms that. That's so, the, people don't understand that. People, people really honestly, they see it once a year, you come to their town, and they think it's a party all the time. It's like, well, dude, I do this every day of the week. And, you know, to get us, it was pretty detrimental for us. So, luckily, you know, touring and traveling and being around so many people have that school teacher immune system. You know what I mean? Like, around so many people that it's just, you know, don't get sick that often, really. But <clears throat> do you have to know. do a lot during the day to maintain your voice or anything, or is it pretty, pretty well um, lubricated at this point? Well, it, it ebbs and flows, just like anything else, man. I mean, obvious the obvious stuff: a lot of water, a little bit of warm up, a little bit of warm down. Try not to get terribly drunk. Um, the night before, that is, of course. The day of, you don't drink. But, um, there, there's some little care. It just kind of depends on how you're feeling. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It, it is not a machine. It is a muscle, so. Well, I guess it's like a... Just, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's like an athlete, you know, you, the the more you work with it, the more you get a, have a, I would imagine some form of, or a pretty good, if not great read on what you need and when you need it at that point. Yeah. Right. 
That makes sense. Try not to eat all the cheese. Don't eat. Don't eat a couple hours before the show. Just a little. Not anymore. That that helped. But um, there's just a lot of little like upkeep rules and tactics. Yeah. To just kind of keep yourself fit. But anybody, I mean, honestly, if you really do it, like, you sing a lot better on day 33 than you do on day three, which you would think is counterintuitive. But the more you do it, just the more your voice is just, just muscle memory slides up into those notes kind of thing, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Kind of like uh, the more you do live shows in a row, the more you build up a form of immunity that prevents people with quote-unquote flu-like symptoms from getting you sick well that i don't know i was kind of more talking about the the vocal muscle itself sure um yeah i don't know i mean like uh, i'm amazed that we came out of that uh tour unscathed especially where we went and when we went there yeah i don't know i mean i i would say so far just as far as I can tell, it was just sheer luck as far as not getting sick. Thank God. Sometimes it's all it takes. <laughs> and thank God it was on your side in this case. Yeah. Because it felt like for a time, and and even potentially now on some level, it just felt like uh, every <laughs> everything could have been a COVID event at some point. Sure. And, I mean, uh, and it still can. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, the vaccine is in place to more often, by very much, more often, I, I'd say even saying more often is downplaying it. Uh, 99% if you have the vaccine, especially the two-round vaccines, and you're in decent health, you're not going to die or need a hospital. You got all these people that are like, well, see, they, they, there was a breakthrough case. See there, they, they, they were vaccinated and they got it. It's like, well, you dipshit. Have you not read or listened to anything about this for the last, <laughs> I mean, damn near year now? Like, it's not gonna stop you. From, it's not gonna stop you from getting it, but you know, I don't no, know. That's like saying that birth control. Oh well, this didn't work because it was ninety nine point nine percent effective, and then the one time in the out of a hundred that it does go that way, they're like, "See, this is oh, oh, this is fucked." And you're like, "Well, no, it's all the other times it has worked." Is the point? Right. It's like, and also with that, it's like I don't understand. You know, they have no genuine basis for feeling any sort of way against or, you know, against the vaccine, though, where, where, who started the whole ivermectin thing? Like, where did that come from? And what part of you 
thinks that taking a, a round of drugs is safer than taking two shots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hear all this garlic protein and you know, all these people. But you know what? The last person I got into it with about this also didn't believe that we went to the moon. Uh, you name it. You know, everything was a lie. Uh, you know, nine uh, eleven. You just you just come up with a any of your stock YouTube conspiracy theories, and this guy was all on board for. So of course he's like, oh, you know, wearing a mask is slavery, like ludicrous, man. It's just it's just disappointing. It's just disappointing. But you know, you again, what- like luckily, you know, in the arts, you're a little bit insulated. Uh, because most people surrounding that, uh, these know it all dipshit motherfuckers that do their own goddamn research on Facebook, you know what I mean? Yeah, I love um, it. It is fascinating. What a loaded phrase. I need to do my own research, or I've done my own research has become. It used to be a thing that was actually said by people who would actually do that and also like look at alternative opinions, <laughs> uh, meaning op- uh, opinions that aren't just. Uh, confirmation bias you know they actually try to diversify and see the world in a more realistic place as opposed to their you know warped prism and now it's a thing I think said by the dumbest people at your high school well it's like 25 years ago doing your own research meant cracking a fucking book it meant (laughs) going through like the microfish or whatever it meant going to the library it meant honestly fuck answer we live in a age the information age where the idea of researching shit isn't what it used to be so don't tell me you read at your preferred sources and you did research i mean like dude i could come up with my head and probably find that on the internet and, and that it would confirm my feelings of said bullshit. It's like, it's just a different world. You didn't do research, man. You you were playing on your phone when you probably should have been doing something else, you know? Like, or you watched a 15-minute YouTube video right. by, by somebody who has internet to the access to the air, access to the internet and a camera, and that's where their quote-unquote expertise about anything works or, or is in any way factual it's like man you have to be the the duality of like the information age and having all this is it can be such a great resource for a lot of people but it also takes a high level of discernment and critical thinking and that's a dramatic difference and it's not a thing that far fewer people who have access to the internet have those things and there isn't any kind of test you have to take to get access to the internet and so it can really metastasize into a real shit show. I mean, <clears throat> I feel like research you need to do if you're on is understand that Wilson has been vaccinated. Fucking <laughs> Donald Trump was vaccinated very early. Obviously, he was the president. <clears throat> um, what I mean, I don't really understand where people are coming from. Honestly, it's it's 
during, like, before the vaccine, like, you know, living here in Arkansas, I record up in Heber Spring, and, you know, there's a lot of ground between Little Rock and there, and, you know, asked her to take a piss, you know, in the thick of it, like last winter, like a year ago. You go into a gas station with a mask on, and they just looked at, you know, the mask should have, you know, it could have had, like, a fuck you on it you know what i'm saying so they yeah. look at you like you're like look at this guy are you scared of pandemic you scared of the covid yeah <laughs> i am extremely yeah <laughs> excuse me all right lasting don't eat um, don't want to kill my parents you know what i'm saying like i remember the moment of that too with covid was you know, you've read all these just insane symptoms, symptoms I didn't even know existed. You hearing the phrase bruising on the heart and lungs, I was like, I didn't know that could, I didn't know you could do that. Right. And if that doesn't like something, like, a, a moment like that, reading something like that doesn't like <laughs> shake you like to your, to your absolute being. I'm like, I like, I don't know what would. That scared me straight. I was never needing that. But I, I was just like, oh, shit. Okay. This is what we're dealing with. Right. Well, you know, I don't know. It's just, again, it's the people that think that we didn't go to the moon. It's, they 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 don't believe it, you know. And, and you see all these, like, sad videos of people that can barely speak on, you know, in the hospital. Yeah. I thought it was fake. I thought it was fake. It's not fake. And, like. Again, my my dude that works the ICU says he saw it all the time. That was his first year. He he graduated and went to a month before COVID started. Um, so that's really all he's known. He says he's seen more death than he ever imagined that he would, especially in a year's time. And, and that that was common. That was a common theme of people being surprised that they got it, and then in turn surprised that they were dying. I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it, it's a it's certain you know obviously very extreme situations like this where one way or another for or certainly for better or worse you learn a lot about people on a massive scale but also when you just hear individual friend group and things like that just on these very different levels and sometimes you just realize that it doesn't matter how bad it can get some people just don't empathy just doesn't come into it no it's very eye-opening it takes it takes a lot of inward um prospecting and i don't know it it it, it takes a little extra you actually have to kind of work on empathy throughout your life uh if it's always all about you, 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 me, 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 my, 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 you probably, you probably didn't work very hard on uh, thinking about how you, you, you are affecting everybody else. Yeah. That's even important in the first place. A lot of people don't think that's important. A lot of people think they should build their own roads and never read a book ever again. You know, I mean, it's just disappointing. You know, like, <clears throat> The funny thing is that speaking of books, you had a book that you got relatively recently, like five weeks ago. 
where he posts about mm-hmm. it on Instagram. Yeah. And the book is Arkansas 1800 to 1860, Remote yep. and Restless by S. Charles Bolton. Yep. I'm, a, I'm a huge lover of history. Yeah, uh, me too. To the point where when I was in college, I unintentionally minored in history because I just took so many history, history classes. Didn't even yeah. realize I needed a minor. Just backed into it. And right. even started a, a, a group on Facebook, History's Mystery, which has a lot yeah. of people sharing different books and like YouTube videos on different stuff. And it's really interesting. Is there like, is there a point in history or a general like history topic overall that you gravitate toward more than any other? No, I wouldn't say so. I'm interested, like, I'm just interested in the it blows my mind that we've been kind of spinning a lot of the same wheels um, for thousands and thousands of years. So yeah. I'm just interested in the whole thing. You know, on, on top of that, I, I, I'm interested in, you know, geography and maps and old maps and old roads, and old railroads. And, mm-hmm. you know... understand better as to what it is i'm sitting in now i'm saying like it 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 gives me context for everything absolutely absolutely it's like you're born into a room it's kindred to just walking into a room with strangers you you know the ones that are probably on your side but you're just kind of like, well, what's this room about? You're like, why am I, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are yeah. we doing here? Kind of thing. And like, <laughs> and the overreaching answer is nobody fucking knows, but like, it, it's nice. History is, is beautiful in, in that way of like the, the backstory, the origin story, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so no, there's, I don't have a special. A special time all of it's pretty special i mean my favorite history is also like the mundane you know you got a lot of people that are really into like this war or that war or this empire or, like i really like like well how did how did they make the bread you know what i'm saying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how did they link those wagons together like that's the kind of stuff like the more tactile stuff is interesting to me like the everyday life you know no, I agree. I I, uh, I find myself gravitating that to your point about like the giant things, you know, the World War Twos and all that, which is still interesting, but more of of more of like this what minor thing happened in that, right? What you know, lesser known thing, or like uh, or more like extraordinary singular events about like, oh wow, like Paul Thomas Anderson's movie Magnolia has a scene where it rains frogs. And that was taken from a real life point in Mexico City where there was a tornado that sucked up frogs from a local lake and then it rained frogs for an afternoon. <laughs> like yeah. shit like that, I'm like, oh, 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 I'm like I can feel my brain lighting up just thinking about it. Little right. little extraordinary pieces of, of time. Moments like a day in the life type stuff. I absolutely love. Absolutely. And you know, like I like uh like the more you know it's really easy to be able to see your own time as just another point in history. And often I view my own and my own experience of this life as just like, you know, in the same way you would feel if you got dropped back in 1742, 
you'd be like, wow, I get to see this time from this point temporary. And that's honestly the way I look at life is that like, wow, I was born in 82. So, you know, I didn't have the internet until I was 18 years old. And, you know, we had a landline, you know, we had, you know, the whole thing. I'm an old guy, you know, like we, they had the whole thing. Basically, post World War II life, you know, everybody went to the same movies. Everybody waited by the phone. Hell, we even hung out at a roller rink, the bowling alley. I mean, nobody was, you know, no, no internet, no phone, you know. And we got to live through this era where, like, I'm of how it is to travel, how it is to learn shifted so rapidly like i said like 25 years ago this was not a thing like what we're doing now wasn't a thing uh it wouldn't even be thought of or a mat i mean or at least by like people myself like i didn't know that this was coming and it's really nice and that you live in a part of history where you actually are seeing the industrial revolution gets started, except this time it's the technological age. It's the information age. It's the beginning of the AI age, which we'll never get away from ever until something terrible happens. But yeah, I like, I like looking at the world through that lens. It makes a lot more sense. It's also humiliating, which, you know, humility is a, Humility is the mild spice of life, my friend. If you don't have it, you probably don't have empathy. You probably can't read left or right, top to bottom. That's a great thought. Yeah. I think to your point, too, that, like, um, I don't know. I, learning of, yeah, it's weird. It's wild how the generations work where so many people within, obviously, the, the one generation, they have their generation. They're like, this is the best generation and it's like, yeah, no shit. Of course you're going to think that. Like, what's your other context? Anybody else's? Like, yeah, you're going to romanticize yours. Like, it's the best. But then the more you read about any past generation, and again, like, it's pretty much the same shit. Like, <laughs> there are very few wild deviations from any other generation. Uh, at least certainly the more recent ones relative to your own. Like, it, you have pretty much similar life events events over the course of that, you know, however long a generation is considered, I guess the lifetime of the people born now, I'm not really sure that works in retrospect, but yeah, you know, but it's pretty much the same stuff. You know, it's like, yeah, the internet is unique to us, but so was television before that and radio before sure. that. Well, that's why I brought up the industrial revolution. Yeah. It was, you know, when the industrial revolution started up, you, you heard a lot of the same complaints that you're hearing from the older people now with like say like ai and just you know smart technology i mean again i'm talking to you through a, an iphone that knows me better than my old lady does probably <laughs> and uh you know at the beginning of the industrial revolution people were like well how, who's gonna work Who, how are we gonna feed ourselves like all that kind of stuff you know and it was a painful and people were scared of it, rightfully so. But, like, you know, a hundred years later, it was just like, well, this has worked so much to our advantage. We could never go back. We would never, something terrible would have to happen 
for us to go back 300 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the, and the same goes for where we're at now with the, uh, just with everything that we're afforded, especially in, you know, developed areas of the world, you know, uh, and maybe in a hundred years, all this stuff will become normal and people will stop, uh, I, you know, I don't know, but just hopefully, you know, we got a lot of power under our fingers and I don't really feel like we as a species have yet understood to go about to, how to use it to our advantage at, yeah. at its full. But hopefully we will. Yeah. I think that's the next hurdle is how to how do we how do we grasp all this stuff? You know, I mean, and I keep bringing up the AI thing, but that, that you really can't have a conversation about this time without bringing it up and and really understanding what that means and and what's coming and what's happening. Really, I mean, that's going to be something that we're going to have to live with for the rest of time until I get, like I, like I said, until like a catastrophe happens and it resets everything. Well, you know, maybe the hundred years thing, maybe us wondering out loud what that will be like and how that'll be, you know, hopefully for the best. Hey, if Ray Kurzweil, Kurzweil has it correct, then in theory by 2050, we'll all upload our souls into machines and we'll find out. So. Sounds good to me, I guess. <laughs> 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 I, hope that, I got no I, I got no plans let's do it you know the problem is with that is I'm not really worried about my soul it's like will that machine be able to play the fucking guitar you know like <laughs> fuck my fuck my soul who cares about that you know like, <laughs> like it, yeah. you know I, I I enjoy being an organic material <laughs> And like, I like, I like thinking of myself as just like, you know, produce, you know, without in the sun too long after no water, it's going to start rotting, you know. I need consequences. Me. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I like the, the idea, idea of not really having to know where this goes, even though I'm such a fan and student of history and the human condition. It's just like one soul can only take so much man like <laughs> i i enjoy getting old for the idea that there is a story arc and there is a life arc and there will be a curtain call well you know i have no desire to stick around i just imagine you know that that makes me think about how some people like romanticize uh immortality you know right. And then I think about like, uh, yeah, no, I, I would, that would be awful to have no consequences, to have no reason to be motivated for life to have no meaning because it's endless. I mean, I would just like quite literally just lose years of my, of my life, just not getting out of bed. Cause I'm like, well, what's the point? I mean, honestly, that's the basis of like one of the most, one of the oldest horror stories of all time that's what a vampire is it's like yeah. it's a vampire is the story of two things it's being an addict and never being able to die that uh that actually reminds me i mean it's the 
it is a vampire story, but it came out like maybe five ish years ago. It's a uh, only lovers left alive by Jim Jarmusch. And mm-hmm. it starts Tilda Swinton and it's two vampires who are longtime lovers who live in Detroit, I think. And it okay. kind of touches on the boredom that can come with that and the monotony of being a vampire and being Surely. immortal. And it's really good. Really interesting. It's um, I, not too long ago, I read Salem's Lot, which uh, person, a lot of people think it's too low brow for them, but whatever. Um, um, stuff. I haven't read that. Is it good? Is it worth it? Great. I, read, I watched the movie. Oh, ugh. You know, fuck yeah. the movies. But uh, <laughs> no, the book is fantastic. It's awesome. But like that, just the whole time, you, there's a part of you like you almost feel sorry for the bad guys you know what i'm saying it's like it it sounds like being the worst kind of alcoholic you know what i'm saying it's like sleep all day spend all night trying to get the fix gotta sleep all day though (laughs) rinse and repeat rinse and repeat rinse and repeat and what for thousands of years jesus terrible you know, a job least, 24 hours a day for eternity. At least alcoholism will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, at that point, you just like, just the idea of like sighing and going, this will never end. And then realizing, oh, that's a fact. This will never end. Yeah. If I was a vampire, I'd probably let it ride for a couple of hundred years. I think I chomping on people's necks for a couple hundred years being the bad guy hanging out in the trees spooking little kids that'd be fun for a couple of hundred but you know after that yeah i think i'd be falling on my own stake man you know you know what never never let your passion become your work (laughs) hardly but (laughs) you know what fair enough i'd say never work at anything you're not passionate about okay yeah yeah, actually, like, that's way better than what I just said. I mean, honestly, like you know, I'm not, I'm not a man about money, but uh, you know, I'm so adamant about my uh, little storage room not smelling like gasoline. I ref- <laughs> somebody tried to give me a lawnmower, give it to me, and I refuse. They don't want your lawnmower. I have a guy <laughs> I pay. <laughs> I pay a man. I pay a, another man. My size and to my athletic ability <laughs> to come mow my fucking yard because you know what I'm not I'm not gonna do it I'm just not like you know I, I I just needed a place to live I don't give a fuck about the grass here here's the money you go mow it you know everybody's <laughs> like well, why don't you go mow it you'd save that money it's like I'm you know it, it's worth that money for me to sit on my ass and hear it hear it getting done <laughs> like, you're like no the money's for the conveniences of the world this is well, a convenience I mean, yeah fucking i mean like you know i grew up mowing the yards like it wasn't fun then <laughs> now i'm like fuck it you know like if you can afford the 40 bucks you know and luckily my yard is a wasteland so you know i only got to mow it like four times a year but my whole point is like you know most people would just go ahead and mow it themselves and save the money Want to mow. <laughs> I don't want a mower. Gasoline. I don't want that shit, shit in my house, man. Like, just fucking come mow it. Take your crap. Get the fuck out of here. Checks in the mail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, don't work at anything you don't like. 
<laughs> Fuck it. That's fair. Unless, unless you have to. You know, if I didn't... To get it mowed, then I guess I'd have to fucking go hunt down my neighbor and be like, you still got that mower? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't Life, be happy about it. Yeah, life's too short, man. You know? I'd say that, not that very, does feel... Huh? That feels like a mantra more and more for me. Is oh fuck it. Yeah, it's not a bad mantra, you know. It's like (laughs) another good mantra you might want to look at is uh, don't worry about what you don't have. Worry about what you do have. That's actually that's actually uh, gotten me through quite a bit of sticky situations throughout life. Is uh, you get caught up. You got caught up on what you don't have, and then you start you start feeling the deficit. But if you continue to be caught up with what you do have, then you will improve the things you do have. And it just, like you just do what you care about, you know what I'm saying? And make sure you care about it. You know, find something you care about and fuck it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other thing is that reminds me that uh, I think I've been thinking about lately in terms of like mantras is thinking about think about the things you can control and don't let the ones you can't control you. That's right. what I, I think about. That's and right. I don't know which, how you define either of those things necessarily or what you can and can't control, but I don't know. I, uh, I guess maybe that's part of like the history thing is that I really find a lot of safety and answers sometimes. It makes me feel good. Like, it allows me to keep this illusion of control that I have. It allows me to keep going. Yeah. Well, you know, another safeguard for your soul and your heart is to realize that, like, even the things you do have, quote, control over, you only have control things in said controlled environment. You know, you mm-hmm. that environment and up, then you're no longer in control of where you go eat lunch. You know, depending on what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, my point being is, like, once you let go of the idea that anything is 100% in your control, then I feel like, again, you're now kind of more uh, focusing on uh, the reality of, Mm. of your limitations. And when you realize the reality of your limitations, you point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah got no yeah, control yeah. You, you know it, it, it all goes back to humility it, it really i really honestly do believe in humility you know it's like it really is it really is the mark of like you know i don't trust people who aren't at least a little bit humbled by the scope and the responsibility of staying alive i think uh, you know what that reminds me of i speaking of that i think i want to add that in my head to what I always think about, like, that a, a good way to, in my opinion, to kind of navigate life is to, as much as one can, like, try to understand the cosmic joke of it all, but also maintain your silliness. If you can sure. do those things, I think you'll be all right. And I think humility goes perfectly along with those things. Right. I mean, I mean, the whole, the, the, the first half of that fucking word is human, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's the human experience. If you're above it, then you're 
versed in humility. I mean, you might as well just sit back and wait. <laughs> See what happens, I guess. I don't know. I'm not saying, you know, that's why, you know, I would just urge any young person or hell, any person of any age, if there's something you want to do, man, like your only true commodity is time and you're never getting it back. So you might as well go ahead and jump. You know, you might as well go ahead and get your hands dirty with whatever you want to do. Because, you know, I mean, right now I'm glad to say, and hopefully knock on wood that I don't have to realize any of this. You know, none of this is reality for me, but like, deathbed, right? Look at all the regrets. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's, I did what I wanted to do. You know, did it turn out? as best as I'd hoped it would. Well, of course not. Will it ever? Well, of course not. But, you know.